was good y'all welcome back to the 31st episode of the cycle 365 i am one of your co-hosts simon villanos i'm cody stoffer and i'm jesse Booten. and hey it's may 5th 2020 they're all done with school pretty much i think i don't know we haven't really talked about that a ton yet but we're, I we're basically five finals right now Oof, okay well never mind but we're getting there <laughs> getting there and that's what matters and we're all going to be college graduates so real quick before we get started congrats to the class of 2020 which is obviously us as well uh y'all y'all did it don't have a graduation ceremony but you have cycle 365's congratulations yay we got the nfc uh draft classes that we are grading on this episode of the cycle we did the afc last week that episode out i thought it was pretty good but the nfc starting with the nfc north um just a quick disclaimer i in my opinion the draft classes in the nfc are honestly significantly weaker than some of the draft classes in the afc so this will be interesting but anyways we got the north we're starting with the packers uh, i guess i'll go first with my grade on them i gave them a c plus and i think this is pretty surprising to most but uh, let's let's go down the line and you know go over who they drafted. At least who stood out to me. And so obviously Jordan Love, out of Utah State, he won at 26. I think that's about where I would take him, if not the second round possibly. And look, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. People hate on this pick, but I think it's a necessary one because I've been saying it for a while, and I think a lot of people have kind of. You know, not really, I guess, acknowledged it, but I've been saying that Aaron Rodgers' personality and overall attitude at times has been pretty questionable, I'd say. Kind of gives off a little bit of a diva kind of personality sometimes. And there was definitely friction between him and McCarthy. And right off the bat with him and LaFleur, there was friction there as well. And I think, I mean... Multiple sources have confirmed this, that, you know, this is the Packers basically saying to Aaron Rodgers, look, you don't run the show, we do. And this is our organization, not yours. You know, we appreciate everything you did, but this is the Packers organization that will be here way after you leave. And I think Jordan Love will step in, be the replacement for Aaron Rodgers soon. And I, you know, I mean, I, I think it's worth putting some pressure on Rodgers. You know, it's never too early or too late, I guess, to pick out a protege or the heir to the Packers starting quarterback job. And I think this is an excellent job by the Packers to get somebody who they could groom behind Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like the Patrick Mahomes pick when the Chiefs picked him up. And a lot of people didn't like multiple other picks uh, when they've taken a quarterback that when they already have an established, you know, quarterback there. And so I think this might be just another one of those stories where, you know, four or five years from now, the Packers will look back and be thankful that, or Packers fans will look back and be thankful that they made this pick. Other than that, not too many people stand out. They did get offensive guard John Runyon. Um, they got running back out of Boston College, A.J. Dillon, who's an absolute bruiser. I think he'll fit well next to Aaron Jones. Would I say that's the best pick? Eh, probably not, but you do get a quality back behind Aaron Jones or maybe in front of Aaron Jones, you know, who's a huge dude. Like, I want to say 6'2", 250, and, you know, he's, he's a red zone guy for sure. And so 
not the most flashiest draft by the Packers. They could have definitely done a lot better depth-wise. So I'll give them a slightly above average grade, and I'd say C is an average grade, so uh, that's why I'm giving them a C+. I'm going to point out one thing that you said. One thing you said is a lot of people didn't like the Patrick Mahomes pick. Don't put Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes in the same conversation. They are not the same breed. Patrick Mahomes is a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a league MVP. Jordan Love might become a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I don't think he's an MVP caliber quarterback, even at the height of his potential. And then I also want to address the A.J. Dillon pick. It's just not the most pressing need, I think. I think that the Packers leave this draft with as many holes as they went into the draft with, if I'm being completely honest. They knew that they needed more skill position players. I mean, they've been patching together their wide receiver corps for the past 10 years, and they didn't even draft another receiver. So Devontae Adams is going to get double teamed all year with no help, and they lost Jimmy Graham to free agency. And I just don't think that Josiah is the answer at tight end. And I see like four of these draft picks probably not making the roster. So I'm going to give them a D minus borderline F plus just because yes, you have to draft a quarterback for the future, but they didn't do anything else. Right. All right. Um, I'm going to go right in between you guys then and I'll give them a D plus. Um, I do think, Jordan Love will be fine there. I mean, I don't think he's going to, I don't know, win win everything right off the bat, obviously. Um, he's got he's to work his way up. I think, I'm thinking more of along the lines of now, now you got to think where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Um, I don't think he'll be on the Packers roster within the next two years just because of that friction that Simon talked about. Um, I think even with Jordan Love, like, they, they drafted him, obviously, to groom behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, but if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, who do they have to groom? I don't think he'll be ready to step in in year two. And the way it's looking right now, Aaron Rodgers won't be there in two years because he's going to get traded somewhere. I heard, obviously, if you guys want to talk about this another time, we can. But, like, I've heard rumors of him going to uh, New England and stuff like that, which would just be bad news. But um, he, he doesn't want to play, obviously. He doesn't want to be there. And that can be shown. I think me and Cody were watching this stat come across the ticker for Green Bay that they haven't drafted a, I don't know if they've ever drafted a wide receiver in the first round ever. Um, and if they have, it was a long time ago. So I think, yeah, it just proves, like Simon said, it proves that the Green Bay Packer organization is just like, Aaron Rodgers, we don't really care about you, to be honest. Um, you've caused a lot of issues. So we're going to move on and stuff like that. So I think that'll hurt the program or hurt their organization. Um, I think, I don't know, like Cody said, they, I think most teams in this conference or division, I should say, as we as we go through them, have gotten better. I don't think the Packers got any better. I think I didn't think they addressed the holes, and that's what the draft is for. The draft is for for you to go in and fill holes on your team, and I do not think they did that. Here to clarify real quick with the whole Jordan Love thing, I didn't say. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, other than the fact that they were both in similar situations. And I'll be honest, like. I was less excited about Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, I'm not a Chiefs fan, so ultimately, I don't care. I definitely thought at the time, the Chiefs definitely reached for Patrick Mahomes instead of drafting Deshaun Watson, who was probably going to be there when they picked, honestly. And so, 
you know that's those are those are that's just my opinion you know and some people see this jordan love thing as a as a reach but i'm not saying they have the same you know kind of i'd say skill set you know patrick mahomes in my opinion was way more talented but definitely more raw and then jordan love is a little bit in the middle not as much not as talented but definitely not as raw i would say and you know what with patrick mahomes i have like i've seen this dude's I've seen his high school film before and his college film. I mean, like, honestly, just right off the bat, you could tell he looks raw. He has a strong arm, but it is what it is, you know? So he needed that extra year. I don't know if Jordan Love will be ready in a year. You never know. But, I mean, obviously, this is a guy the Packers feel strongly about. Usually, they draft pretty well. And, I mean, it's like I said, it's not the best draft, but they do. there are definitely worse drafts out there. My opinion. Yeah, I I would I just would give them a higher grade if they had a drafted receiver. Like Cody said, I think that's the only thing where I dropped below C is just because they needed a receiver and they did not get that. If they got a receiver instead of the AJ Dillon pick, I think that I would have potentially given them a C minus. No cap. Yeah, fair enough. Good. All right. Is that? Do y'all have anything else you want to say on the Packers? Um, all I, I don't say is. Hopefully they don't trade Aaron Rodgers to the Patriots. That's all I. Can that say. would make me very sad. Um, yeah. I do think that this draft does show that the Packers aren't trying to compete for a Super Bowl. I would agree. They're oh, they're no. looking to the future. They definitely made it to the conference championship, and you know they still kept the same most of the same players. We'll see. They'll be okay. I mean, I wasn't high on them last year either. I will say this time their offensive line did get like pretty much taken fully apart. So I mean, and they didn't really do much to address that either. So I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, did they? They did draft a John Runyon. I'm pretty sure he's out of Wisconsin, and Wisconsin usually puts out pretty good uh, linemen. But hey, we'll see. I mean, maybe it's not the worst thing for them to trade Aaron Rodgers at least while they could get the most out of him right now. Because down the line, I don't think you could get a first-round pick. So, you know? Yeah, that's next goes back to what I was saying. If, if they do trade, this is why I don't agree with the Jordan Love pick at this moment. I mean, obviously, that's great that they did it. But if, I think it would be better if they had a better relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Because if they do trade Aaron Rodgers this year or next year, I don't think Jordan Love's going to be ready to come in this year or next year. I think he needs at least three years. So that, that's just where I'm going with it. Go. But that's the Packers. That's fine. They can do what they want. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cody, you good? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I just, you know, when you when you're in the NFC Championship, then you know that you need to get better to make it to the Super Bowl, and the Packers just oh. didn't get better this off season. And I think that their draft shows that that's not their mission right now. Their mission is to compete next decade. That Go. oddly enough is here. Yeah, that is still kind of weird, huh? All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's move on. We got the Minnesota Vikings. They had a ton of draft picks. Part of it was because they did trade Stefan Diggs. So that's a guy they lost, but... And that's a great honestly, haul. It's a pretty good haul. They have a lot of depth guys, but they definitely have people who could contribute right away. So um, I, I gave them a B-, minus. you know? I mean... Like I said, they did draft a lot of guys, in my opinion, who are definitely depth guys. I'm not exactly sure 
where their ceiling is, but I definitely think they have a good mix here. Oh, and you know, this is definitely a grade that has potential of going up a whole letter if some of these guys do pan out. So, who stand out to me the most? Obviously, Justin Jefferson. They got such a steal, you know. Um, Eagles let him, right? The Eagles let him drop to them, right? Yeah, because they took Rager <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jefferson's way better, in my opinion. I think he might be a better compliment to Adam Thielen, potentially, than Stefan Diggs. But you never know. We'll see. Either way, they replace Stefan Diggs and get a good one in Justin Jefferson, a reliable wide receiver, to say the least. And then this is one that some people weren't too sure about, but he is pretty much a borderline early second, late first type of guy anyways, and that's Jeff Gladney out of TCU. I mean, we've talked about him before. He, in my opinion, he's a little raw. He could be overly aggressive, but he's someone that could potentially, you know, uh, develop into probably a better corner than some of the ones they've drafted in past years, if I'm being honest. And so you get another guy, at the very least, he could provide depth. And then, uh, I mean, this is the only one, the only other one right now that I think could contribute right away, and that's Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle. The Vikings have needed some line help for a while, I feel, and Ezra Cleveland kind of just brings it all together. So I'll give them a B minus. There are definitely some picks here that I feel like they could have maybe hit on some other guys who have a little bit of a higher ceiling, and no, that's why I gave them a B minus. But overall, not a terrible draft. I think they do get better. What do you think, Jesse? As the Vikings are your second team. <laughs> Um, I would. I'm, so I'm gonna give a B plus. Um, borderline A minus. Um, basically just because of the Justin Jefferson pick, I think, obviously they traded away Stephon Diggs in the offseason, and that was good. They needed to move on from from him. He was just causing issues. Um, but I think they replaced him with another Je or, or Justin Jefferson with another basically Stephon Diggs type player. I think this is exactly what they were looking for, and I'm sure. I'm sure the, the front office for the Vikings was absolutely ecstatic when the Eagles took Jalen Rager because then they didn't even have to think about anything or make any calls or anything like that. They're like, oh, well, our number one guy is there. So um, I know me and Cody were talking about it when we saw it. Like, that made it an easy pick for the Vikings, um, Justin Jefferson. I think he will fit into the Vikings offense um, perfectly. I think he takes Stephon Diggs' role on with, with – with, and they don't miss a beat. I think that offense continues to run exactly how they did with Stephon Diggs with Justin Jefferson. Um, so I think that is the number one, obviously, reason why I think they could get an A minus here. And it, like Simon said, if he performs like he can, like he did in LSU, it can go up to an A plus pretty easily. Um, and along with that, Jeff Gladney, I got to watch him a few times in person play. Um, like Simon said, I do think he is pretty raw, but he's definitely a very physical corner. Um, he's a bigger guy and is not afraid to put his hands on the receivers. But I definitely think that he could be a number one guy moving forward. And then the other two guys I want to just touch on real fast are DJ Wanham and James Lynch, both defensive ends, one from Baylor and one from South Carolina. I think obviously this was a glaring need for the Minnesota Vikings, um, being that they let Limbaugh Joseph go and um, who's the other one? Everson Griffin. Griffin. Everson Griffin. Yes, I think I think these two guys both fit those positions great. James Lynch is, is listed as a D end, but he played more of a D tackle hybrid at Baylor and 
he filled the filled those that middle really well um, for an offense or for a defense that had to stop a lot of high-powered offense like Jalen Hurts in the Big 12. So I think that they definitely filled the holes they needed and got a bunch of guys. Obviously, like Simon said, at the later parts of the draft, they just got a lot of fill guys. I mean, like Nate Stanley, I don't think he's going to do much for this team, quarterback out of Iowa, but um, they got a lot of guys, and I think I think they can develop these guys into great NFL talents. All right. Well, I'm actually going to give out the first solid A of the day for the Vikings draft. And that's because I think that their first seven draft picks are all going to contribute to the Vikings this year. I really like the Cameron Dantzler pick. I looked more into him following the draft, and I think that he's going to be a good fit and a good complement to Jeff Gladney. I think that they're going to feed off of each other, and I think that, you know, the energy in the Minnesota secondary is going to be so different this year, and I think it's going to be dynamic. Like, they knew that the secondary was a problem, and they went out and they fixed it in the first few rounds. And then I also really like the Troy Dye pick. He uh, he led Oregon in tackles all four seasons. And I think that he's also going to be a dynamic presence because the Vikings defense, you know, they have a lot of, they've had a lot of talent and it was kind of time for a reshuffle just based off of age and contracts. And I think that they did exactly that with the handful of picks that they had. I think it's really hard to mess up a draft when you have as many picks as the Vikings had. And I think that they didn't mess it up. You know, there were some maybe head scratchers or maybe some slight reaches, but I think that they make up for it with all the depth that they got. And depth is super important for a team that is looking to compete for a Super Bowl like the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that this draft puts them at the top of the NFC North and potentially can push them to the top of the NFC. So A for the Vikings. Uh, I like the Vikings' chances of competing, honestly. Uh, at this point, I think we all know it's on Kirk Cousins, though, like whether they do well or not. So well, we'll just have to see how that goes. All right. Uh, do y'all have anything else to add? No, it's good. Skull. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So we got the Chicago Bears up next. They did not have a first-round pick. Oh, I don't gosh. remember. It was because of Khalil Mack, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It, I, I mean, it's the one that the Raiders wasted on Damon Arnett. So. Okay. Well, then they could live with that, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was pretty solid. I mean, I think this is just something to throw out there because we didn't say it last week. And this is just my opinion, but I feel like every team should be able to get someone who contributes you know, more than just a role player, like possibly a fringe starter, if not a superstar in this draft. It's so talented. Like I feel like almost every team has got somebody that they could confidently call their guy that could stick with them for at least five to eight years. Is is there any disagreement there or? No. no I, think, I, think- I mean, I won't say five to eight years just because of how crazy contracts get, but I'll say like sure. three or four years. It's so solid. See where you're gonna. I know. I'm just saying, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, so truly compared to other draft classes in the past, like these grades are based off of this year and not in the past, obviously. But I do think every team has gotten a guy that they could definitely rely on. And so with the Bears, they didn't have a first round pick, but 
I gave them a C. You know, I, they got two guys who I feel pretty confident in. Rest, I'm not as sure. They're mostly depth guys to me, and in a couple years, but I feel confident that they got two guys that could contribute right away, and possibly be forces on the field for them. The first guy that I really like is Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. I mean, we've talked about him. He's a solid prospect with great hands, really good straight line uh, speed. And the only thing with him is that maybe he's not the best, you know, blocker, but he's still better than some of the other guys we've mentioned. And, you know, agility-wise, he has pretty stiff hips, but he's still a good prospect to get out there. They did lose Trey Burden, right? They lost all their tight ends. <laughs> They got Jimmy Graham, didn't they, as well? Yeah, but... Yeah, they have the do? mummy of Jimmy Graham, dude. He <laughs> <laughs> made right. one catch last year, and it had more controversy around it than, like, Bounty Gate, so... True, which wasn't stupid controversy. Uh, the Jimmy Graham one, not Bounty Gate, but... I'm just, I'm just saying, Jimmy, I'm saying Jimmy Graham ain't the same Jimmy Graham that we grew up with. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Still a solid option though. The well, best. I was say, the best part is is Cole Commit can can learn from Jimmy Graham because I feel like they play a similar game. So that's the one. Yes. Yes, I was about to say that as well. I think that's a really good thing for Cole Komet because he has a lot of potential in my opinion. The ceiling is pretty high. Kind of reminds me of Tyler Eifert coming out. I know they went to the same college, so there's that too. And they did pick up Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Florida. Utah. I want to say Utah. Oh, why did I think Florida? Utah. I knew it was a, one of the teams with a better defense, uh, which is honestly low key even better because that Utah defense was <laughs> a pretty big reason why Utah stayed in most of their games and were competing all the way to the end. And I really love that pick. I mean, I think the Bears continue to fix up that defense. Honestly, really wish they drafted a quarterback because they could have. Instead, they have Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, who I don't have faith in either. Uh, yeah, uh, what do y'all think? Well, I think, first off, I want to shout out to uh, Arlington Hambright out of CU. Um, he might not make the roster, but he got drafted in the seventh round. So, CU represent. Jalen Johnson is a great pick. Cole Komet, initially, I didn't really like the pick, just because... I was thinking that the Bears should have got Jalen Hurts. But honestly, they stayed true to the fact that, yes, we traded for Nick Foles. So we're going to at least give him a chance kind of idea. And they also denied the option, the fifth-year option for Mitch Trubisky. I know that that doesn't have anything to do with the draft, but I'm just saying that they're staying to their philosophy of who they think they have. And I also think that Travis Gibson will be a good role player for the Bears. And like you said, Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet are both going to be starters day one for the Bears. So I give him like a C. This is a pretty average good draft. I would agree. I might go C minus though, just because obviously they didn't have a ton of picks. They had picks in the second round, fifth round, and seventh round. That's it. Um, but they did get two guys that are going to start, like Cody just said. But I mean, in a draft class this stacked, I'm looking for, if I'm going to give them over a C or over, I'm looking for at least three guys that are going to come in and, um, you know, contribute right away. But when you get a guy like Jalen Johnson, I think he is was one of the most underrated players in this draft. And I think to get 
to get him is, is huge. So I think that's why they can get a C to C minus. So we're all in agreement that the Bears had a pretty okay draft. Yeah, yeah. I will say Arlington Hambright is not that great. He probably won't make the roster, but <laughs> whatever. Hey, we had to we had to plug him anyway. It's not yeah. often that CU players get drafted. Yeah, unless they're Lavisca Chenault, then they're good. Yeah, but <laughs> he he was supposed to go somewhere else. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's very fair. All right. Um. Here, so while we're on the Bears, real quick, I mean, we might as well. So, how big of a mistake do you do we think them not taking the quarterback is? Because just keep in mind, they did have to trade for Nick Foles, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously. But both Andy Dalton and Cam Newton were released, which well, they could have done both since then. But. but obviously, but I mean, like they, if they didn't trade for Nick Foles, then they probably would have had a chance at either of them. I mean, they I still think have they goofed. Cam. I think they goofed not getting Cam Newton. Okay. <laughs> and I think that, you know, with as much money as Nick Foles is quote worth unquote, according to his contract, I think that it's, it's bad. It's bad. Cam Newton is so much better than Nick Foles. Well, I'll be honest. Yeah. Having Nick Foles and Mr. Trubisky on the roster, you basically have the exact same quarterback. One's just older and one's younger. So, I mean, I don't really <laughs> know why they did that. It's They're like the same person, just older and younger. So, I don't know. I, I Yeah, it's bad. But, yeah, to yeah. answer your question, I definitely think they messed up not getting a quarterback. Just not only in the draft, but just in this whole offseason. I mean, obviously, they did get a quarterback in Nick Foles, but it's not the guy they needed. So, yeah, they messed up. Yeah, it's, that's fair. It's fair to say that uh, they're not going to compete anytime soon, no. honestly. Poor Khalil Mack. Not at all. Well, it's new. At least, I'm going to be honest, Cody, at least Khalil, Mike, Khalil Mack has a better chance of winning at least something maybe at, in in Chicago than he ever did in, or I guess, Oakland, L.A., or just, just the Raiders. Yes, you're right. Vegas. <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, so on to the last team in the NFC North. We have the Detroit Lions, who finished last last year. Um, not a big surprise, but anyways – I thought they had a pretty solid draft. You really can't. I mean, honestly, you really can't be mad at this. I gave them a B. I think that might be a little conservative. I could definitely lean towards a B plus, but I'll stick with a B for now. They got. I think we all knew, know this. They got Jeff Okuda, excellent pick of someone who has, in my opinion, Darrell Revis like potential. I'm not going to go so far, but you know, he's someone who does have it all, who has great size, great speed. He's aggressive at the right times, and he's a pretty clean player, honestly. So to plug and play, you, yeah, yeah, sorry. You have somebody who could uh, jump in there and replace Darius Lee right off the bat. And then in the second round, I thought they did, they did a good job. They drafted DeAndre Swift, you know, solidified that running back core a little bit. Swift, he's a little underrated, and a lot of people felt like he should have gone sooner. I think this is perfect for him. And, you know, they get somebody who could, you know, help Matthew Stafford out. Obviously, they have on Johnson, but, you know, I think it helps adding another running back there just in case, you know, because when the Lions lost on Johnson last year, there was definitely a dip in performance. And then two other guys who stood out to me were J- Jonah Jackson, the guard out of Ohio State. I want to say, and then Julian Aquara, the outside linebacker edge guy from Notre Dame. I think both of those guys are solid picks. 
they may have the potential to start sooner than later. You never know. So yeah, solid B. Potential B plus. I'm gonna have to give the Lions a C plus. Obviously, you take Jeff Okuda with the third pick. So, you know, that's a great pick. I like Julian O'Quara, but I'm not really sold on what they did for their offensive line. I feel like their offensive line was their weak point last year, and they're trying to replace uh oh my gosh, I can't Glasgow. Yeah, they're trying to replace Glasgow with Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg, and I just don't think that's going to work. And, you know, while I like DeAndre Swift, and I think that he's a great talent, I just don't know if that's necessarily what Detroit needed. I think they needed to take an offensive lineman with that pick, and they didn't. So it's mainly based off of what they should have done. DeAndre Swift is a great talent. I think that he'll be a running back in Detroit for all five years or four years of his contract, whichever it is. I think that he's going to produce and he's going to score lots of touchdowns. But Matthew Stafford becomes the question mark because they did play games with a backup quarterback quite a bit because Matthew Stafford has been pummeled his entire career. I mean, he takes huge hits. He hangs in to make throws. He kind of plays like Big Ben in the sense that he's not afraid to get hit, but he's not as durable as Big Ben, even if they're both in their prime. I think that they should have protected him or looked for a replacement for Matthew Stafford, and they didn't do either of the sort. So watch DeAndre Swift getting handoff, uh, getting the ball handed off to him by a third-string quarterback next year, and them still losing games. All right, well, I'm going to go the other way. I... I... I look at this draft and I like it a lot. I think I'm going to give a B plus to an A minus. Um, obviously, we all, we all talked about Jeff Okuda. We don't need to talk about him anymore. But I think John Swift was a, a, a great pick here for um, Detroit. I mean, I think besides Denver, they might have the second best. Maybe Well, they definitely have a top five backfield in the NFL with now DeAndre Swift, Caron Johnson, and Bo Scarborough. I think he played a lot last year. Wasn't great, but I think he's going to take a big step forward. I think with that three-headed monster, it is comparable to the Broncos three-headed monster that they have now in the backfield. Um, so I think that was a great pick for them. Obviously talked about Julian Arquara, um, but two other guys that I'm going to um, say here stood out to me is Quintez Cephas, the receiver out of um, Wisconsin. He was the strongest and most, I guess, physically fit receiver at the combine this year. I think he had like 35 bench press reps or something like that. It was something crazy. Um, so I think that he can definitely contribute to a receiving core that's, I mean, they're good, but they're not spectacular. So I think they're just adding another guy that will, will help out that. But then also the D tackle out of Utah, John Penelisi. Um, that whole, obviously Simon talked about it when we talked about uh, Jalen Johnson for the Chicago Bears, but that Utah defense was one of the best defenses they've ever had in school history. Um, that's the reason why they were not only did they play in the Rose Bowl, but they were playing if they would have wanted to be in the college football playoff. It was because of that defense. Um, they had they had monsters all over that defense at all all aspects and all levels on the D line, linebackers and secondary. And um, John Pincelli was a big part of that. He He's a big body that stands in the middle there. He's a lot like a Vita Vey kind of guy. And I think to get him the sixth round is is a steal. And I think that that's a guy that can contribute to this Detroit Lions defensive line. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, 
I feel like that says a lot if uh, the Lions draft class is all over the place. And you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because they didn't fill the right holes. I kind of do agree that they should have got a guy who may be able to replace Stafford someday just because, I mean, I don't, I'll just be honest. I'm not sure how great Matthew Stafford's relationship is with the uh, Detroit Lions organization right now. Okay, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a toxic work environment considering some of the things Darius Slay was on about uh, earlier this year. But I mean, we all know know. Matt Patricia is an idiot. So, like, I wouldn't want to work in that environment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I think this is his last year. He's on the hot seat, assuming, you know, games games are played, right? But I think this will probably be his last year. And these picks were pretty conservative. And I think some of these picks are meant to last past the Matt Patricia era. So, you know, we'll just have to see. All right. All right. Uh, is that on everything? That, like, on that other note, like you just said, Simon, I think, well, as of right now, the games are going to be played to inform all of our listeners. This Thursday, so in two days, the NFL is going to broadcast live the announcement of of the schedule. So, I mean, that's a pretty good sign, but just wanted to put that out there. Oh, that's very true. It is a good sign. Um, it might not be played with fans, but I mean, it probably won't be played with fans, to be honest. But it's still sports, so we'll take it. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else? Any last thoughts before we move on from the NFC North? We got way more exciting divisions coming up. Yeah. Very true. All right. Up next, the NFC South. One of the more controversial divisions, in my opinion. Up next. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. I believe this is episode 31. Um, we are on to our second second division and our second um, just reaction to the drafts about this great class that we had in 2020. But anyways, we are going to jump into the NFC South, um, starting with the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think... First of all, I want to say before we, we, we talk about their draft, I think this will be the most competitive division in the NFL this next year. Obviously, Tom Brady and Gronkowski are now in this in this division, and the Saints were already good, and Drew Brees is still there. So I think this will be the most exciting and fun division to watch um, this next year. So look forward to that. Um, I know that they could they could possibly send three teams to the playoffs. So um, it'll be exciting. But anyways. Maybe all four. Sorry, go ahead. Maybe all four. Yep. Anyways, jumping into the Saints draft, they did not have very many picks as we were just just reminiscing during the break. They only had four picks in this whole whole draft, and that's it's kind of a bummer for how many great players were in this draft. But um, with those four picks, I think they did as as good as they could. Um, I I'm gonna give them B plus just because the fact that they don't have a lot of picks. Obviously, in a draft, I like a lot of picks because you can fill a lot of holes and get a lot of new talent in there. But when you only have four, um, I guess when you get a guy like Cesar Ruiz, Zach uh, Zach Bond, Adam Troutman, and Tommy Stevens, I think you did pretty well. 
I think all four of these guys can contribute to to the team. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's it. <laughs> all right, you could go ahead. So I'm gonna give the Saints just a flat C. I think that picking a center in the first round is always kind of head scratching to me. Just because, I don't know, it just, it doesn't bode well with me. And I think that taking Patrick Queen might have been a better pick here for the defensive side of the ball. But I do like the Zach Bond pick. And like Jesse said, there's not a lot to talk about with four picks, but I give him an average grade. I give him a C. Fair enough. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you there, Cody. I, I just gave him a C-. minus. They only have four draft picks, so this isn't a bad thing at all. Honestly, I mean, Cesar Ruiz at 24, some might see that as a steal. Maybe they could have traded down and get more picks and then still get Cesar Ruiz. But, you know, that's just nitpicking at that point. They still get a guy that they could put in front of Drew Brees and protect him. Zach Bond, that's a good value pickup. Tommy Stevens, he's somebody that I've kind of been hearing a little bit about, even with Jameis Winston being signed and Taysom Hill being there, just because some people, I mean, just love his potential and... No, honestly, some might see him as more of an heir to Drew Brees than Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And that's just, you know, those are just rumors that are going around. But, you know, maybe they put him on the practice squad and hopefully try to, you know, hold on to him for the next couple of years. You never know. But, yeah, not too much to say here. C-, minus, not a terrible draft. Just about where I'd, you know, uh, grade them, honestly, with four picks. I mean, yep. Simon, Tommy Stevens could be the next – John Elway, he did the helicopter the same same status, same way. So I mean, we'll see. Did it right? He's the old Miss. Yeah. No, he's, yeah, a, he's the old Miss guy. State, Mississippi State quarterback that got helicoptered when he was trying to get the first down. We Sorry, had on, we had State. it on the show. We had the video on the show. Did have it on the show. That's why I knew his name sounded familiar. I was like, I like I know this dude from somewhere. Well, also his name is Tommy Stevens. I mean, they just drew two common names out of a hat, basically. So, like, you've probably met a Tommy <laughs> Stevens in real life that isn't this guy. You know, he was he's your bank clerk or something, but now he's in the NFL. For him. Probably stick. Yep. All right. Well, if that's all we have for the Saints, um, let's move on to the next team in the NFC South, which is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Atlanta Falcons... Had more picks, still not a ton, but more picks than the Saints. Um, so I will let you go ahead, Cody, and say what you say first. B minus. This is a great draft by the Atlanta Falcons. I like the AJ Terrell pick. They needed a cornerback in the first round, and I think that they got a good guy. Marlon Davidson is a is a great, great, great pickup, and I'd say even a borderline steal at pick forty seven. This is a guy who easily could. Anyways. Marlon Davidson is a great pick at 47. In a lot of other drafts, I feel like he would have gone in the first round, honestly. And then they also drafted Matt Hennessy, and, you know, center is an area of concern for the Falcons, you know, with Alex Mack not getting any younger, slash, not even sure if he's still on the roster. So they, I think they did everything that they needed to do with the first three picks that uh, really mattered. So B minus. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you there. I, I'm giving them a C plus. You know, I'm not as sure about uh, Matt Hennessy or 
Michael Walker. Is it Mike? Michael or Mikel? I don't know. I think uh, it's Michael. Michael? Okay. I mean, they're both so solid players. I think the worst, they'll be good backups and there's nothing to be mad about there. I do like the AJ Terrell pick. I mean, I've been saying it. I've been pretty high on him. He's been a great corner. And, you know, you get him in there to boost that defense. Along with the Marlon Davidson pick, I agree. That's a pretty big steal. He anchored that Auburn defensive line for a while. He's sure. You know, he's somebody who is definitely a Dan Quinn guy and could get in there and, you know, produce for them. And, I mean, I don't know. I think the Falcons did pretty all right, which is why I'm giving them a C plus. It's not bad above average. And so, yeah, that's really all I got to say. I mean, they did reach on Walker. Yeah. But it's still not Tributes. Bad. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I'm going to stick right in the same realm with you guys, C plus, B minus. Um, we can definitely see Dan Quinn's handprints on this draft. I mean, they had six, seven picks and all but two of them were on the defensive side of the ball. So definitely a Dan Quinn draft. Um, I think AJ Terrell, I mean, we had him mocked a little bit lower in our in our mock draft, but I definitely think that that's an okay spot for him to go at 16. Um, he's a big physical corner that I think I mean, obviously Desmond Trufant was there for years um, for the Falcons, but I don't think he was that big physical corner that A.J. Terrell is, so that'll be something different that they have in Atlanta that I think can really benefit that defense that is already pretty good. And then so adding Marlon Davidson to it is is great. Cool. Yeah, so again, not, very many, not a lot of picks to talk about, but but still a solid draft for the Atlanta Falcons. Anything else for the Falcons, you guys? Nope. And honestly, I feel like, I don't know. I think a lot of people expect Dan Quinn to be on the hot seat this year. And I mean, not just because of this draft class, but in general, I think he'll definitely do better and save his job. It's just unfortunate how last year turned out. They really couldn't catch a break. But adding Todd Gurley, you still got your same core of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, oh, plus Hayden Hurst. Right. They're a dark horse team, in my opinion. True. Yeah, I mean, again, I think you just said it, Simon, but with Todd Gurley, depending upon, you can either get the MVP Todd Gurley or the injured Todd Gurley, and if they get the MVP Todd Gurley, watch out. Very true. But anyways, that brings us to the third team in this high-powered NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have just signed their new quarterback in Tom Brady, bringing back Rob Gronkowski as well. Um, Simon, you want to go ahead and go first with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What grade did you give them? Right, so I gave them a solid B. Honestly, I feel like this is a class that I'm a little bit like iffy about. I feel like this could definitely be better than the grade I give them, and so I'm just going to throw that out there. Obviously, the two guys who stand out to me were Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. I think they hit on those two guys and get, you know, future stars, honestly. And that's always a great thing, which contributes to how solid their draft class and uh, draft class is. And it's a sleeper guy. This guy was drafted in the seventh, I'm pretty sure. But Raymond Calais out of Louisiana, this was a guy that I really wanted my Steelers to draft instead of whoever we drafted, honestly, and 
know, he's a speedster who could complement well to the running back group there already. And, you know, he's somebody who low-key might be a bigger weapon than most people will think to Tom Brady. So, yeah, solid B. I will also give Tampa Bay a solid B, B for Buccaneer and B for Bomb Trady. Tristan <laughs> Wirfs is a great pick at 13. I think that, you know, maybe they didn't need to trade up one pick for him. I don't think that the Niners were going to take him. I think they're going to take Kinlaw anyway. And then I really, really, really like the Antoine Winfield Jr. pick. Um, we've been high on him all offseason and even during the college football regular season. And that's because he's going to be a good player. I also like the Tyler Johnson pick. I feel like he's going to be a good rotational guy and maybe even a, you know, a guy who will catch a couple of touchdowns from Tom Brady this year. So B for Buccaneer. All right. And trying down, I will agree with, with you guys. I was going to rate them a solid B as well. So I think this is the Look first one. Look at that. Completely agreed on every single grade in this whole this whole thing we've done. So yeah, a B as well. I think Tristan Wirfs is exactly what the Buccaneers needed to protect Tom Brady. I think he fits the bill and will be there for many years to come. Same with Anton Winfield Jr. I think obviously he's going to be like his dad and, and win a lot of football games in the NFL. Um, one other guy that I will touch on is Khalil Davis, defense tackle out of Nebraska. I don't really know a lot about him. All I know is that Nebraska D tackles sometimes, most of the time, end up pretty decent in the NFL, whether you know them or not. Obviously, Dominican Sue came from there. Um, so, who knows? That could that could be a, a value pick down the road that no one really saw coming. So, a B. Look at that. All right, you guys got anything else for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are going to push the Saints for this division this year? Nope. Good draft. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. Well, that brings us to our last team here in the NFC, which is crazy. When we say the Carolina Panthers, we would think they'd be top two. That's just, again, goes back to why I said this is going to be such a competitive, competitive division this year. So, yeah, the Carolina Panthers got fourth in the, in the NFC South. Um, so they were picking higher than, than normal. We normally see, but that being said, I'm going to give this draft class an A. Um, this is, I think, my first straight out A. I did give an A minus later, but or A minus, few A minuses earlier, but I'm going to give them an A in this draft. Um, along with the signings they did in the offseason, obviously they brought in Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker. I think those are two quarterbacks that could potentially, obviously they're going to have a big battle for the starting position, but I think both of them could be successful NFL quarterbacks um, and franchise quarterbacks for that matter and winning, winning Super Bowls. So I think that that was, was a huge move. But on top of that, this draft class, obviously the first round they took Derek Brown, um, who was, I think, the number one besides, obviously, um, Chase Young, the best defensive player in this draft. Um, he's a monster and he will play for many years. And I think that an anchor on that defensive line is exactly what Carolina needed. And then in the second round, they got Yetter Gross Matos to come off the edge. Um, I think he could be a very close relation to Julius Peppers. I think, obviously, he's not Julius Peppers, but um, he could definitely grow into a miniature version of him. Um, so I think that that was a, a great pick. And then 
two other guys I want to look at are Troy Pride, cornerback out of Notre Dame. He definitely, um, I think, is a steal in the fourth round. He's just, again, another undersized corner that we saw in this draft that fall a little bit. But I think that he will contribute to this Carolina defense as well. And then, obviously, I know I won't say a lot of this because I know Simon will probably say a lot about Kenny Robinson because he has been his guy for uh, the last few or the last, I mean, the last year just because the XFL. So I'll let Simon talk about Kenny Robinson. But um, I definitely think this was a great draft for the Carolina Panthers, and I gave them a solid A. Yeah, look, I'll I'll have to agree here. I was gonna go conservative with a B plus, but I mean honestly, what the heck? I'll give them an A. I think this is a pretty good draft for them. They went pretty much all defense. Am they I went right? all defense. They went all defense, not a single offensive player. Yeah, and I kind of like that because they got a lot of great value here. So Derek Brown Jr. I mean, we already know that he's a beast. He's somebody who could start right away, contribute, and be a force. Peter Gross Matos, I feel the same way. And you know what? Look out for the Carolina Panthers because they got a guy in Brian Burns last year who they drafted in the first round who did pretty well with seven and a half sacks already. So he's going to take another step forward. You add two more guys to that line, and you're already looking at a pretty solid defensive line for the Carolina Panthers. Um, And you know what? Their secondary isn't anything to – no, laugh about either. Obviously, they lost James Bradbury, but they still have their guy, Dante Jackson, right? Dante Jackson, that LSU corner they picked a couple years ago, and he's low-key been a star. You just add in Jeremy Chin, who's a low-key really good prospect, along with Troy Pride Jr. out of Notre Dame, who's another low-key really good prospect. And then, you know, they added my guy, Kenny Robinson, someone who is a proven you know defender in college and already in the pros as an XFL player. He's somebody who could you know, push whoever's the starting safety there, if not add depth at the very least. And so look, moving forward, I think this Panthers, you know, defense is going to be pretty scary. If not this year, the next year for sure. And, you know, I think maybe the Panthers might be a team that could compete a little bit earlier than some people would imagine. You no, know, obviously we already talked about their quarterback controversy, but that's not the worst quarterback controversy to have they still have a star in Christian McCaffrey they still have their guy DJ Moore who is a low-key but very legit number one wide receiver one healthy then they added Robbie Anderson who's a good depth guy so yeah I'm, I'm kind of liking the Panthers offseason and this draft class was a hit so straight A okay so <laughs> I agree with everything you guys said However, I am going to give the Panthers a B- for their draft. After speaking to some Panthers fans, I'm going to have to agree with them. I think Derek Brown, while he's the best defensive tackle in this draft, I think that that wasn't the pick that they should have made. I think that they easily should have taken Isaiah Simmons. He's way more versatile and would be a great replacement for Luke Keekley at the linebacker position, and I think that he could be a very good leader also for this Panthers defense. I feel like if you replace Derek Brown with Isaiah Simmons, this draft class is an A plus for me, but I'm going to have to give it a B minus, not because Derek Brown's bad, but because I think Isaiah Simmons would have been that much better of a pick. Another thing that I want to touch on is it's really hard for me to give an A to a team that only drafts on one side of the ball. I understand that they want to make that their strength, 
but there are definitely holes on the offensive side of the ball, especially after trading away Trey Turner this past offseason. So I'm going to give him a B- minus because I think that you know, while this draft class is really nice and they have a lot of talent, I think that they could have used some of these picks better. And especially if you think that you might get Yetcher Gross Matos in the second round, like, you know, just that many the defensive line as the first two picks. I think Isaiah Simmons would have been a better pick. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a great pick, by the way. I think that he's going to make a lot of plays, and I think that he's a potential pro bowler, even as a rookie for the Panthers. But yeah, I just, I don't really like drafting only on one side of the ball for a whole draft. I think it's really risky, so. But we'll see. B minus, it's still a good draft. Still a good draft. All right. Sure, Go ahead, yeah, Simon. no, I mean, I get that. Okay, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, uh, you. in my opinion, I think there's nothing wrong with I mean, obviously, I'm <laughs> I'm more of a trenches guy because I, I did I played in it, and then I mostly coach that. That's my expertise. But I don't mind having a fantastic defensive line. If I'm being honest, I think this is a defensive line, or even front seven, that could potentially be elite sooner than later and be one of the better young, you know, pass rushers in the NFL. And yeah, I mean, I, Isaiah. Oh my God, <laughs> I almost said Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Simmons, yeah. Isaiah Simmons is somebody who's, oh, he's he's clean as well. But I think next year there are definitely a lot of good linebacker prospects who they could hit on and further complete this team. But yeah, I mean, it's still a good draft, though. I got you. I also want to clarify: no disrespect to Derek Brown, he's a great player. I just think that they probably should have taken Simmons instead. Derek Brown will be great, and he's probably going to be a lifelong Panther, though. So, Fair enough. All right. Well, that will wrap up the NFC South. Um, look for this to be a very fun division, like I said. Um, so, yeah, when we come back, we will be going to the NFC East, or as Cody likes to call it, the NFC Least. Um, and yes, we'll, see, we'll check in with them and see how their drafts went. So uh, join us in the next segment. Welcome back to the Cycle 365, episode 31, NFC draft grades and reactions. We are now on to the NFC least, who's looking to change that reputation this year. And they just might, well, one of these teams just might with the draft classes that they had. But we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles first and their draft class. And I'm just going to start off by giving them a straight up C. Now, I'm really high on Jalen Hurts, and he will eventually win a Super Bowl in the NFL. But I think that Jalen Rager, while it's a good pick, they should have taken Justin Jefferson here. And then I feel like they reached on a lot of their other picks, and I don't know how many of these guys are going to make the roster. I know that Eagles fans are confused and upset, but just hold on. Jalen Hurts will... If you hold on to him, eventually when you a Super Bowl, if you draft anyone else, that's worth a dang. So, 
What do you guys think of the Eagles? Uh, I'll go. I kind of agree. I'll give them a C plus, so it's a step up. Look, Jalen Rager, that was a reach. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, they still get a solid receiver. They just had to reach for him, honestly. I think he's somebody who could jump in there and they'll be, be kind of all right. I know a lot of people hated on the pick. They wanted Justin Jefferson, but... I think Eagles fans need to understand that they're not getting a scrub by any means. They're still getting a dude who could, you know, give True. give y'all more production than I've had last year when you had the guy who used to play quarterback at Houston switching to receiver, Greg Ward Jr. being your number one guy at some point. So can't really be mad with that. I could live with that. The Jalen Hurts pick, I think this is a good pick. Um but it, it makes the quarterback room a little bit more complicated because I think Eagles fans over time might naturally, and they're not going to admit it now because they're a little, you know, hard-headed, but over time they'll grow to love this pick. I think this is, I mean, we've all raved about Jalen Hurts. It, it is what it is. And Carson Wentz honestly just has injury issues. Obviously last year was a little bit more of a fluke than, than anything. I mean, he, it was just a concussion he had in the playoff game. I mean, like, I mean, you know, what what could you do? It happens. It's football. Everyone gets a concussion eventually. You know? And he'll come back. He'll do his thing. But if not, Jalen Hurts is right there. And, yeah, I don't know. That one, that pick kind of hurt because I wanted my Cowboys to get him. Other than that, I kind of agree. There are some guys I'm not too sure about. I think Kayvon Wallace, the safety out of Clemson, I'm pretty sure. He's a solid guy who could at the very least, be a good depth backup guy for sure. I don't know about a starter, but he could give y'all some depth that y'all definitely need at safety, especially with Malcolm Jenkins leaving. I'm pretty sure, right? He left. Yes. Yes, he went back to the Saints. Yeah. So he left. Um, I do like the Sean Bradley pick, though. The inside Sorry. The inside linebacker out of Temple. I think he's a solid linebacker. Temple always produces great linebackers, and he's another depth guy. And then, lastly, you're somebody that I kind of, I kind of like. You know, I know his story. I know he's a pretty solid tackle, or or he was a pretty solid tackle for the Auburn Tigers, and that's Prince Tega Wanogo. I'm pretty sure. And hey, man, he played in the SEC. You really can't go wrong with SEC linemen. They go up against. You know, premier SEC talent on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side, pretty much every week. And so this is somebody that could, you know, come in. I, I mean, I don't know how much we could expect out of him, but he's definitely someone who, in my opinion, can stick onto this roster and probably work his way up to being a starter if coached upright. So, uh, yeah, C+. Plus. All right, I will agree with Simon. I think this is C plus for the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, we've all talked about Jalen Hurts. Getting Jalen Hurts in the second round is great. I think he was the number three quarterback in this draft. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great pick. Obviously, we talked about Jalen Rager. He is no schmuck. I mean, he is going to be a great receiver. They needed a receiver, and they got not only did they get a receiver who is going to be dominant on the upside of the ball, he is one of the best returners that was in this draft class. So, um, getting a returner. As well, it can be more like a Darren Sproles type returner um, that can add that spark to the, the special teams will be huge for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but other than that, the reason I'm going to C plus is they did reach on a few of these guys. Um, Devion Taylor, linebacker out of Colorado. While he is a fast speed rusher, 
Um, he's very undersized and will get just beat around by a, an a, a offensive tackle in the NFL. So I think you could have drafted him later, like probably fifth round area. Um, so I think that was a big, a big reach. Um, and I also think it's kind of funny. Like Simon said, the tackle Prince Tega Wanago or whatever out of Auburn. They also drafted Jeff Driscoll, another tackle out of Auburn earlier in the draft. So they basically just got the whole Auburn offensive line, which could work out, could not. We'll see what happens. But um, I just think it's funny how they got two Auburn tackles, the two starting Auburn tackles to play on this team and guard um, Jalen Hurts and obviously Carson Wentz. So um, I think a C plus is, is a good grade for this this draft. Um, they got some good players, but also reached for a few that I think they could have gotten later. We can all agree that none of us saw the Eagles being a team drafting Jalen Hurts, right? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, if they drafted him, I kind of thought it would probably be something that happened in the later rounds. Like, hey, there's too much talent to pass here. Let's just pick him up so that you know, nobody else could get him like the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, instead they took him in the second round. Well, you think Jalen Hurts will start? Okay, so let me just set the scenario for y'all. Once it was to get hurt for any reason in the next year, do you think there's a good chance that Jalen Hurts starts and potentially holds on to the job? Well, Jalen Hurts is definitely, or should definitely be the guy who plays. I think that he'll thrive in a Doug Peterson system, by the way. And I don't know. It, uh, I think Carson Wentz is being paid too much money, so unless Jalen Hurts wins every single game, they'll probably give the reins back to Carson Wentz whenever he's healthy in this first year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I definitely think if Carson Wentz get hurt, gets hurt, I think Jalen Hurts should go in, and I think he will play very well. But I don't see, even in the first two years, I don't see if Carson Wentz getting hurt, even if uh, Jalen Hurts comes and wins most of his games, him starting and stealing that job from Carson Wentz. I think it's Carson Wentz's job for the next two two years, two or three years in Jalen Hurts. Obviously, even if Carson Wentz isn't hurt, I think Jalen Hurts, sorry, if Carson Wentz is not hurt, I think Jalen Hurts still plays a little bit. Um, I could definitely see something along the lines of Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Carson Wentz, uh, Jalen Hurts thing going on. But I definitely think we'll see him in year one but I do not think that he takes that starting job from Carson Wentz for the next two years. All right. Cool. So does that do it for the Eagles flock? It does. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yes. All right. On to Dem boys, the Dallas Cowboys. And this is going to be an A-plus draft for me. Yep, an A-plus. Cody Stoffer gave an A-plus because the Cowboys drafted basically everyone that I would have drafted if I was a GM. I mean, CD Lamb at 17, I mean, there's no such thing as like a steal when first round talent is taken in the first round. It's a huge steal, and they got arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. I'm still happy to have Jerry Judy, but CD Lamb is a great talent, and they kept him away from the Eagles, so that is a huge win both in the NFL and within the division. Trevon Diggs, I was hoping that the Broncos were going to draft him for 10,000 years, it felt like, because the draft process is so long. And when the Broncos drafted Hamler instead, the Cowboys did the smart thing and they took Trevon Diggs. Neville Gallimore is a guy who could have gone in the second round 
and they got him in the third round, so that's a great pick. Tyler Baidaz is a great replacement for Travis Frederick, and I think that he'll be on that Dallas offensive line for a super long time. So when you hit, when you have four picks that are home runs, it honestly doesn't really matter who the other picks are, in my opinion, because four of these guys are going to start, they're going to contribute, and they give the Cowboys, dare I say, a chance to compete for a Super Bowl this year. I would agree 100%. Um, I'm definitely going A-plus for this draft as well. And I'll one-up you, Cody. I might even say there's a fifth home run on this on this draft board, and that's Bradley Anai, edge rusher out of Utah. I think he might be one of the biggest underrated edge rushers in this draft, maybe besides the likes of Curtis Weaver. Um, but I think Bradley Anai is going to come in and demolish quarterbacks. Um, he's a big dude, and... He knows how to rush the quarterback. He um, he did it in Utah again for that Utah defense. Looks feel like we're talking about them a lot this podcast because a lot of good players got drafted. But I think drafting him in the fifth round with the 179th pick is huge. I think Bradley and I could have probably gone earlier, probably fourth round, maybe even into the third round. So getting him in the fifth round was a huge steal. And I just want to say, I was telling this to Cody, can you imagine not messing up one pick and not having to do anything, not trade anywhere and not have to make any calls and get every single guy that you want? Like like Cody said, CD Lamb, I think, is the best receiver in this draft class, and they got him at 17. And then Trevon Diggs, who I think is a first-round talent, and Neville Gallimore, I think he's a first-round talent well as well that they got in the third round. We already talk, talked about Tyler Baidez. Um, I just talked about Bradley and I. And then even the seven-round quarterback they drafted in Ben, Danuku, wherever you say his last name, from James Madison. Obviously, it's an FCS school, but James Madison over the last five years has been in the national championship every single year. Um, so getting getting the guy who led them there three years at least um, is not nothing to, to scoff at either. So I think that the Cowboys did everything right, and they made they they had I think they had personally the best draft out of any team in the NFL this year. Right. Yeah, fair enough. I'll I mean I'll just give them an eight. <laughs> Look, I, I love all their picks. CD Lamb. Oh, you can never go wrong with a ton of receivers. Now Dak Prescott or Andy Dalton don't have an excuse anymore. To that in a little bit. Yvonne Diggs, that's a steal. I mean, like y'all said, all of these picks are really steals, you know. I, I mean I like all of them. I'm not not super familiar with Reggie Robinson. I don't know or not, if I'm being honest. Uh, he is the only name that we didn't address between yeah. Trey and I, so oh, we'll forgive you. I mean, do y'all know who he is? Like, what? What's his? What? He's a football player. I, I I haven't watched a lot on him. I did I did hear some reports that um, he could have been a higher talent. He's just a little more undersized, but they think that he could come into the NFL and be a dominant slot slot corner. So or nickel corner so i think that that's what that's really all i know about him um reggie robinson yeah i think they said he was physical um a little bit undersized but they think he fits a prototype nickel corner so oh my gosh he did 22 reps on bench and he ran a 444 yeah he passes the eye test fair enough i mean he did play at tulsa too so that probably makes into effect why he was drafted a little bit later but still great depth i mean can't completely replace Byron Jones right away. But drafting Trayvon Diggs and Robinson, those are two 
pretty good steps towards that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you really can't be mad at this Cowboys draft if you're a Cowboys fan. So maybe the only thing you could nitpick, I know a lot of Cowboys fans were wanting this, wanted to draft a quarterback, specifically Drake, Drake Fromm. But, you know, they got another guy in Andy Dalton, you know. And I think this is a perfect time to talk about Andy Dalton to the Cowboys because he is coming back home to Dallas. Obviously, he played football at TCU. And look, I mean, if Dak doesn't get it done, there's no excuse. There's another guy in Andy Dalton who honestly seen him kind of get it done with some weapons around him. If I'm just being honest, like there were multiple times the Bengals had chances of uh, winning a playoff game, but unfortunately they have Vontes Burfick and Von not Vontae Davis. Uh, what's his name? Pac-Man Jones on their team. And uh, as a Steelers fan, I'll always be grateful for the stupidity of those two players and for the stupidity of the <laughs> Bengals for letting them stay as long as they did on their team. But I really don't think the Bengals' lack of success is Andy Dalton's fault. Opinion, I think he looked solid and a solid quarterback. And honestly, you put weapons like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb, obviously, and Tony Pollard around him. Plus that Dallas Cowboys offensive line, there's really no excuse there. This is a Cowboys team that has been talented, got even more talented, and they should be doing more with Mike McCarthy there and Andy Dalton as well. All right, what do y'all think about Andy Dalton? I never set y'all up. What do y'all think of Andy Dalton? Go ahead, Cody. All right, so I think that the Andy Dalton pickup is a great pickup. And, you know, if you want to bring up the one complaint that the Cowboys didn't get Jake Fromm, I'd say Andy Dalton is a proven quarterback in the NFL. He's a multiple-time Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, the one year that the Bengals actually had a chance. His hand got hurt and he missed the one playoff game. He was one week from coming back and potentially winning an MVP. Andy Dalton is a potential MVP caliber quarterback with the right cast around him. And I think that this is the most talented team he's ever been a part of. And, you know, if Dak wants too much money, they signed, they signed Andy Dalton to what, $3 million, I think, a year. And I think that Andy Dalton can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback on this Dallas Cowboys team. I think that, you know, Mike McCarthy is the type of coach who can put Andy Dalton in a situation to win. I think that the rest of this team is super talented, more talented than any Bengals team, including the one that he almost won an MVP award with. So I think, yeah, I think that that's a great pickup by the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, if Dak doesn't make the playoffs or if he loses a playoff game i think that the cowboys have put themselves in a nice position to where it's not mike mccarthy's fault it's Dak's fault and andy dalton is the simple answer to that so that was a great move by on an organizational level to justify other things that they did in the offseason draft free agency head coach hire and i think that it puts them in a great place to compete for quite a few more years if Dak goes and plays on a team that won't compete for a Super Bowl ever again in free agency. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, even if obviously the Cowboys have been eight and eight the last however many years they've been alive, so um, <laughs> if they go eight and eight again and they do somehow sneak into the playoffs, I don't think you see Dak starting in the playoffs. I think you'll see Andy Dalton start in the playoffs, um, give him a chance, and he'll have the, the whole re regular season to learn the playbook and get used to the players and like that. And I think you could 
see him come into a situation where he starts the playoff run and actually makes that playoff run and pushes them all the way to the Super Bowl. I think that is something that we could definitely see. And um, so, yeah, having having Andy Dalton as a backup on your roster is is huge. Um, I have <clears throat> throughout this draft process um, and through this offseason, I have become a big believer in having two good quarterbacks on your roster. Um, I mean, I was always like, well, if you already have a starting quarterback, why do you need a second one? Um, but I definitely can see through how these teams have built built their their you know rosters. I think this is huge that they have not only one MVP caliber guy, but talking about Andy Dalton now, um, they have Andy Dalton who is an MVP caliber guy along with Dak Prescott who is in that upper part as of right now quarterback wise as well. So I think having two guys is going to make this team that much more dangerous. Another note sure. that I'd like to add on is I think that it helps with contract negotiations for Dak because the Cowboys, you know, they're sh- they're showing that they're not bluffing. They don't care if he leaves. So Dak should either take the money that he's being offered right now or he can walk. And I think that that's a great move, another good part of this Andy Dalton signing. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. Loki, I think, well, not even Loki. I, I know that Andy Dalton is much more of a fit for this offensive system than Dak is. You know, Dak is more of an RPO guy. Andy Dalton is a, you know, he's more of a pro style guy, honestly. And I, I kind of like where this is going. You know, look, I know everyone hates on the Cowboys, but oh, it's it's always entertaining to see them go far. And I think they definitely don't have any excuses anymore. I mean, look, Dak's gonna have to compete for that job, which could honestly bring only bring out the best in him. And if it doesn't, then you have somebody who's already proven and. Oh, in my opinion, he's much better than Ryan Tannehill. But if it comes down to it, I think the Cowboys would be happy giving Andy Dalton uh, a contract that might not be as lucrative as what Dak wants, but they're still getting a lot more out of him than they could have Dak right now. So I think Andy Dalton's a pickup. I think the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender right now, and I mean, there's not much more to it. All right. So does that set us up to talk about the New York Giants? It does. Yes. So the New York Giants, you know, they had the fourth pick of the draft and they took someone who no one thought they would. Um, I didn't see a single draft board with Andrew Thomas going at four, but they did. And they also got Xavier McKinney. And I'd say that their other notable pick is probably Shane Lemieux. So I'm probably going to give this draft class a C minus. I think that Xavier McKinney is a great compliment to Jabril Peppers. And it also allows them to let Peppers play a bit more in the box where he can make a lot of plays in like a linebacker safety hybrid that we're seeing a lot more. And I think that Andrew Thomas is going to be just fine starting at tackle. But I definitely think that there were other players that I would have taken over Andrew Thomas, such as Jedrick Wills or, oh my gosh, how am I already forgetting that other tackle? Mackay Becton. Or Mackay Becton. Yeah, I think that those guys would have been better, but Andrew Thomas is still a solid pick. And yeah, then the then the rest of the guys I'm not super sold on. They drafted a lot of linebackers. Holy cow, they drafted a lot of linebackers. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them a C- just because... 
know, I think that they could have made some different picks. I don't know about taking Matt Parrott at in the third round where they did, but maybe that's just me. What do you guys think of the Giants and the Big Easy? Or the Big Apple? I'm gonna, Fort Jesse. Uh, I'm going to say... Maybe that's C minus. Maybe just a solid C average draft. Obviously, said Andrew Thomas. Um, none of us had him going, going that high. Um, but apparently, this is their guy, and I think that he will he will fit in just fine, and he will be a, a starter. He was in that top uh, whatever he had top handful, top four tackles that I think can be Pro Bowlers. Um, so I mean, if you had drafted any four of them, it wouldn't be that bad, really. Um, but I do agree that he should, probably should not have been the first one off the board, but he was, so that's just what happened. Um, but obviously Xavier McKinney is, is a great pick. Um, and Shane Lemieux, they really went heavy on the offensive line, which I think is what they needed to do. Um, they need they need a, a way to just get Saquon Barkley, who I still think can be an MVP uh, front runner this next year as well. Um, who I think is a, a, just an amazing talent. I've never seen anything like like him, Saquon Barkley, that being. So I think getting him some um, some big bodies in front of him to pave the way can also give a uh, benefit to him and as well as um, Daniel Jones. Obviously, they have a young quarterback, and um, we've seen what happens when you don't protect a young quarterback. They turn into Josh Rosen kind of guy, and no one uses them ever again so um i think protecting him is it was a big a big emphasis in new york and i think they did that so a c c i, I might even go c plus so c to c plus um yeah i'm i'm gonna be honest i gave him a much higher grade i gave him a b plus look i know people aren't high on andrew thomas but i think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle between the combine hype and obviously you know the college football playoffs hype because georgia didn't make it in but i mean if you look back at in jesse's very first mock draft or this but look if you look back at the mock draft that jesse and i did i don't think cody was on with it yet but it was way early you know we had andrew thomas going pretty high he was a really good prospect he showed that throughout the whole year and like even in the LSU game where they absolutely killed them, SEC championship game, he still held his own and did his job. It was the other tackle, Isaiah Wilson, who struggled. And somebody who's the perfect blend of, you know, solid athleticism for the next level, as well as really good mechanics blocking-wise. And I think, you know, you really can't go wrong with it getting a lineman here, especially you know, one of the better ones in this draft. And they get somebody they like. And you can't blame them for it. So I think that's a solid draft pick for them. And then moving forward, you know, Shane Lemieux, he's solid. Another guy who, you know, is pretty good, you know, uh, mechanics-wise. Maybe not the most athletic, but he's still pretty good. Xavier McKinney, other steel. Matt Pert, I'm not as sure about. But the guy that I really like is Darnay Holmes, cornerback out of UCLA, UCLA. And look, he is somebody who... Honestly, flew under the radar, just in my opinion, just because UCLA sucked <laughs> and they've been trashed since he's been there. But Darnay oh Holmes God. is somebody who's 
always been a really good cornerback and has always went toe-to-toe with some of the best in the Pac-12. And trust me, we've talked about it. There are a lot of great receivers in the Pac-12. This is a guy who only started three years. He started as a true freshman. You know, he recorded eight interceptions and two touchdowns in those three years he's played. Obviously, you know, as as quarterbacks start to figure out how good he is, they'll throw away from him, so you can't really expect a lot there. But this is somebody who a lot of people regard as an extremely talented cornerback. You know, he just it was unfortunate that he played for a bad program who might have not a you might not have used his talents as well as they could have, but I'm really high on this guy. I think he's gonna be great for the Giants. He's great up against the run. He's a really good man-to-man guy and he's highly regarded off the field. A lot of people think of him as somebody who's extremely intelligent, somebody who honestly is just a hard worker and will get after it. So this is somebody who, in my opinion, will be somebody that is a legit steal in this entire draft full of talent because the talent's there. He works super hard and, you know, he has motivation dropping to the fourth round. I like I like this pick personally, which contributes a lot to the B-plus grade. And, uh, yeah, Darnay Holmes out of UCLA. Look out for him to be on the other side of Andre Baker in that Giants uh, secondary. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm just being honest, I like it. Giants, they fix that offensive line, in my opinion, and then they continue to fix that defense. I can't be mad at it. Fair enough. Does that bring us to the bottom of the NFC least, the Washington football team? Yep. Yes. So I'm going to give this Washington team a C plus for Chase Young. C for Chase. Obviously, this is the guy who you take number two. Uh, A lot of people thought that he was the best talent in the draft, period, regardless of position. And they had some other good picks. Antonio Gibson is going to be a very good utility guy for them. Uh, I think that he's going to be very well utilized in Rivera's offense. I just, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure how to say his first name, but Charles, the offensive tackle out of LSU. This is Charles. This is the replacement for Trent Williams. I just... I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. I mean, obviously he had a great year. He's on one of the best college football teams of all time. But I'm not sure that what they, just the way that they handled the whole Williams relationship wasn't very solid, you know, so they they had no choice but to do this pick. I think that they could have gotten a different guy maybe. Josh Jones was definitely still there in the second round. I think that Josh Jones was a borderline first round talent. I don't know why he fell so far, but we'll get to that in the next division here in a second. I think that C-plus is a fair grade. You can't fail a draft when you take Chase Young, and you get some other guys who can contribute to this football team. It's just nothing to write home about, I guess. No, It doesn't knock me off my feet, but C-plus. I'll give him a, a B-minus. Um, there's a few other guys that I, I'm a little bit higher on. Obviously, Chase Young, you said he's the best player in the draft. Outside of obviously Joe Burrow, but um, so when you get him, you make your team better. Um, you talk about Antonio Gibson. I will say Shadik Charles. Um, I will give him a little bit higher grade. I think the reason he fell to the fourth round was because of his character issues. Um, I did hear a lot of bad stuff coming, a lot of bad reports coming out of 
out of LSU that he's a troublemaker. Um, and like Cody just talked about with the relationship with Trent Williams, um, this might not be the best situation for him to go into. Um, I think if if he has no character issues, I think he gets drafted in the second round, maybe even, and I'll just say second round is probably where he would go. Um, so the game in the fourth, obviously he's a second round talent that you draft in the fourth. It's just his character issues that bother me. So we'll have to see how Shadik Charles does. Um, but other, the other guy that I took in the fourth round, I want to talk about for a second, Antonio Gandy Golden, the receiver out of Liberty. Um, I think obviously he's out of Liberty, which is not a very big college, um, which is why he went in the fourth round. But I think that he could be a top talent receiver in this draft class. Um, I was pretty high on him. I think, to be honest, I think in the long run, he is the better of the Ant- Antonio G's in this draft class. Um, obviously, they have Antonio Gibson and then Antonio Gandy Golden. Um, but that's a lot of Antonio G's. Will, yeah, I think he'll be better. The better Antonio G. Um, he, even though he came out of Liberty, and obviously it is Liberty, and they play in, I think what the Sun Belt or something like that. Um, he was a top five receiving talent in the NCAA this last year in receiving yard wise. Um, so he definitely gets the ball a lot, makes a lot of catches. Has a he's a, he's a bigger guy. He has a big catch radius, um, which is a, a thing a talent that a lot of NFL receiving coaches look for because they can teach him the other stuff about route running and stuff like that. So I'm um, getting a guy like Antonio Gandy Golden in the fourth round. I think was a, a a big steal as well and for a team that needs receivers obviously to help out Dwayne Haskins or whatever quarterback's going to start there um, I think that's a good starting point where he could end up not yet but in the future becoming a receiver one and so I think that is why I go B minus interesting alright look (laughs) I'm going to give Washington a solid C that's a great pick. We've talked about him. He's a generational talent. That's why this isn't an F or a D, in my opinion. After that, there are a lot of guys with some question marks. You know, Jesse talked about one guy who has the potential to be great. So there's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. There's a lot of guys here that do have the potential to be great. Neil Gibson, uh, Sadiq Charles as well. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not super sure, especially Sadiq Charles. I know he was suspended six weeks uh, for the first well, pretty much the first six games of the season for LSU, except for the Texas game. Uh, ironically, he that was the only game he played. After that, he didn't play any of the other ones until the second half of the season. And that's a little bit of a red flag. I mean, we know what Ed Orgeron is all about. You know, he's a great disciplinarian and all that. He runs a pretty tight ship. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But it's definitely a red flag. Like Jesse said, there's been a lot of things coming out of LSU about this guy. He's extremely talented, but his attitude might be a problem. And no, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely easy for an NFL prospect to say, look, that's behind me. It is what it is. It's a whole nother thing to prove it. And I'm looking forward to him proving that. And maybe this draft grade uh, bumps up for them. But yeah, not too bad. I'll give them a C. Yeah, if, if Charles pans out, and, you know, there's a good chance that he just might because Ron Rivera is a good coach. Then then I easily give them a B plus, maybe even a B. Oh, yeah. And Ron Rivera is a great mentor, along with Jack Del Rio as well. You know, just having a lot of veteran 
coaches there who've been around the block. I've mentored some of the uh, <laughs> tougher cases in the NFL for sure. I think this will be good for him to go to a solidified, I mean, I guess, coaching staff here in Washington. Excellent. Is that I think that's it for the NFC East. <laughs> yes. Considering we've talked about all the teams. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up the NFC with the NFC West. Welcome back to the last segment of the Cycle 365. This is episode 31, recorded on May 5th, 2020. And we got the last division that we're going to do draft class grades for. And that's the NFC West. So we're going to start with the team that went to the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, look, I, they didn't have a ton of picks. So this grade is more or less like it's not a big indicator of uh, how well they did this offseason. But I gave them a C plus. I thought it was solid. Javon Kinlaw, that's a great pickup to replace DeForest Buckner, right? I think he might be maybe even a little bit better than DeForest Buckner. So that's a great pickup there. They did trade up to get Brandon Ayuk. I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not too sure how great of a pick this is. He's talented, don't get me wrong. He's a speedster and all that. But they definitely could have waited and uh, kept their draft picks. Other than that, I think they got some solid depth guys. So, yeah. Jesse, you can go ahead. I'm probably going to go with a D-plus for this 49ers draft, um, mainly just because of the fact that they did reach so far for Brandon Ayuk. They probably could have drafted him right where they were at pick 27, I want to say, before trading up. They did not need to trade up to get Brandon Ayuk. Um, obviously, Javon Kinlaw is a great pick. Um, they needed a D-tackle, and they got the second-best D-tackle at the draft. Um, so that that is good. But other than that, like you said, Simon, they didn't have a lot of picks, and I don't think they got a lot of guys that will replenish the, the team. Obviously, they were, what, one quarter away from a Super Bowl championship, so obviously they need something to push them the way that, or push them over that hump, and I don't think they did that with the rest of this draft. Um, yeah, I just don't see a lot of, obviously, obviously Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw are both going to play and start for the 49ers, but I just don't think they did it enough for me to re to uh, receive like an average grade draft. So I'm going to go with a D plus. I'm going to go a bit above both of you guys, and it's not necessarily for what they did in the draft. I'm going to give the San Francisco 49ers a B minus. Obviously, Javon Kinlaw is a good pick. I think that Colton McKivitz is a good depth pick. They did trade up for Brandon Ayuk, which I didn't agree with. However, out of this draft process, they did get Trent Williams, who's going to be a starter and immediate replacement for Joe Staley. I think that he's going to be, he's going to return back to form. I think he's in an organization that wants to keep him happy. I think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach to play for. I think John Lynch is a great GM to play for. So the B minus isn't for what they did in the draft necessarily, but it's for acquiring Trent Williams for very little value, I think. So like they didn't have to give up a lot for him and compared to how many other teams had a chance to get him but the super bowl runner-ups got him i think that he's an upgrade over joe staley at this point in time 
and I think a great addition for the Niners. So that's why I give him a B minus is basically for the Trent Williams trade and uh, Javon Kinlaw alone. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think Trent Williams, he's a fantastic pickup. He is an upgrade over Joe Staley and oh, he did have a whole year to rest. So that we, we should take that into consideration because that means he would just be oh, super fresh for this next season. And you know, like Jesse said, they were one quarter away. Uh, by that point, you know, the margins are pretty slim. Like, it comes down to, I mean, I don't know who lost the Super Bowl. It was Jimmy Garoppolo. It comes down to him. And I think this is a team that could realistically bounce back, depending on where Jimmy Garoppolo's head is at, and along with uh, the head coach. Yeah, not the worst draft. So that brings us to the next team, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Jesse, do you want to go ahead and uh, say your part? them yeah so i'll start out by just saying this is an f a straight up Ooh. f um i don't think they did anything and i think that seattle seahawks are not going to be that great next year they haven't resigned either defensive tackle or defensive end i should say that they they had this last year in their push being jadavian Clowney, who is probably one of the best players in free agency this year and ziggy onza they haven't signed either of them um so to not resign any of them and then draft what they did, I think is just very poor. Um, and I don't think they're going to be good. I mean, their first round pick was Jordan Brooks. I mean, why are you picking him in the first round? I think he will definitely play for them and be decent. But I don't think you need to draft him in the first round when there's a lot of other guys that are much better there. Um, but they did that anyways. Um, the rest of these guys... I'm not super high on either. And then just please, please, Seattle, tell me why. If you're going to draft a tight end from LSU, you're not drafting Thaddeus, Thaddeus Moss. Why are you drafting Steven Sullivan instead of Thaddeus Moss if you're going to take a tight end from LSU? I don't understand that whatsoever. I think Thaddeus Moss, he did sign as an, or an undrafted free agent, and I think he will make whatever team that is. I don't exactly remember off the top of my head what it is, but he will make that team, and I think he will be a... A long-term, a long-term guy wherever he is, and I think that he will play in a few Pro Bowls. Obviously, he's Randy Moss's son, so he has great bloodlines. I just am just baffled by the fact that they took Stephen Sullivan in the seventh round over Thaddeus Moss, who didn't even get drafted. Fair. By the way, Thaddeus Moss went to Washington. Oh, that's, that's that. We just forgot to mention him. But kind of like uh, the rest actually, of the NFL. That's true. Actually, Cody, you go ahead and go, because I think your opinion's closer to Jesse's. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give them big old fat F here for failure, because the Seahawks reached on basically every pick that they had. I mean, Jordan Brooks is definitely a reach at pick 27. Daryl Taylor, I don't think that he's a great scheme fit for the Seahawks, if I'm being completely honest, because he's more of a 3-4 rusher kind of guy, and the Seahawks are definitely a 4-3 kind of system. And yeah, I think they just reached on basically every single pick that they had. And that's why they get an F. They didn't get better from this draft. Is that it? Yep, that's it. I mean, there's not a lot to say when they when it's so bad. All right, great. I'm about to shock both of y'all because I gave them a B. Like, <laughs> I was extremely prepared. At, I was extremely prepared to give them an F as well. 
And then I, I looked into some other mid-round guys, specifically Colby Parkinson, the tight end out of Stanford, and DJ Dallas, the running back out of Miami. Uh, I'll be honest, Colby Parkinson, he's a really good tight end. He was somebody who a lot of people were high on going into this process. And then, you know, obviously as uh, the combine hype comes in, uh, national championship hype comes in, he kind of just fell a little bit. But it wasn't because he played worse. He was extremely productive while at Stanford being KJ Costello's, uh, I mean, number one target, if I'm being honest. And he's somebody who's a big bodied receiver who has the opportunity to learn behind Greg Olson and get better. Uh, this is just my honest opinion. I think Colby Parkinson has a lot of potential and even right now, just talent to be good. And so you give Russell Wilson another, yeah. So you give Russell Wilson another weapon and there's DJ Dallas out of Miami. Uh, like Darnay Holmes, he's another guy who played for a pretty trash program while there, but he's been extremely consistent and really good since his uh, freshman year when he started. This guy's 5'10", 215, but he's extremely explosive. If you look at the film, like, I mean, he does it all. He, You can see one-handed catches everywhere because his quarterbacks don't know how to throw a ball. You could see explosive plays where he runs in between the tackles, runs outside of the tackles, and he's a great blocker as well. And so, you know, you can't do anything about the Rashad Penny fiasco, but you can only get better. You have Chris Carson there, and then now you have DJ Dallas as well, who is somebody who I'm pretty confident in that could, at the very least, produce for this uh, Seahawks backfield and add more. Is this a position that the Seahawks need the most right now? Probably not. But considering both of your running backs, well, both of your starting running backs that were there are coming off season-ending injuries, I think this is really good insurance. And this is a really underrated pick in DJ Dallas as well. So I love that pickup. Uh, at the same time, Damian Lewis, the guard out of LSU. Hey, this guy went head-to-head -head with the likes of Derrick Brown Jr. And Ray, uh, I can't say his name, Raekwon Davis out of Alabama and then Auburn, respectively. And I mean, he's had his share of big physical defensive linemen he's had to go up against and he's performed well. And I don't think there's any reason to doubt that he can't go in and start day one for the Seahawks team. And honestly, be somebody that they could rely on for a lot of years. And look, I'll admit Jordan Brooks, that's a trash pick. I don't think he's going to do much. Daryl Taylor, you know, that's another one you don't, you're not as sold on, but going off of Kobe Parkinson, DJ Dallas, and Damian Lewis alone, I think that definitely deserves a B grade. Definitely drafted better as the draft went on, which is a shame because I thought they really got some good steals here. And I mean, look, these are some pretty deep gems that they had to they had to go out and get, at least in Kobe Parkinson and DJ Dallas. And I could see these guys contributing right away, if I'm being honest. So, yeah. I don't like the Steven Sullivan pick, though. Just just put that out there. You already have Greg Olson there as well, plus, you know, Parkinson. So, why, why are you getting another tight end? So, uh, yeah. All right. So, that basically averages them out to about a D plus. But anyways. Sure. All right. Do y'all have anything you wanted to comment on my little rant there? No, I think I think we could. Uh, me and Cody could definitely be proven wrong if these players turn out. Fair enough. It's just a shame some of these players have to play for bad programs, but you know, like 
I mean, it happens. Not everyone can play for Alabama or Georgia or Clemson all the time, you know? That's just <laughs> that's just how it's turning out. But they're definitely good players. All right, so moving on, we have the LA Rams. Uh, do either of y'all want to go first? You can kick it off. Okay. Look, I kind of like it. I kind of gave them a C plus, which I feel like is really low. But I'll bump them up to a B, B plus type of grade. I think they did the most with what they have. Obviously, they did have a first round pick. But I think you could live with, you know, what, what they got here. And so, just to start it off, Cam Akers out of Florida State. Another underrated guy. Somebody who, like DJ Dallas, <laughs> was in a really bad program but still produced. I think this is somebody I can produce for the Rams and replace Todd Gurley and hopefully get that Rams offense back on track. The same time they did get Van Jefferson out of Florida. He's a solid guy. I love the Terrell Lewis pickup, the linebacker out of Alabama. Like I said, this is a five-star guy who showed talent and was really talented when he played, but unfortunately had a ton of injuries. Bryson Hopkins, in my opinion, he was the best tight end in this draft. I don't know why he fell all the way here, but he is somebody who can honestly beat out the other tight ends on this Rams roster and be the number one guy there and be an all-around guy, if I do say so myself. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I will also second you the B+. I didn't have them graded at C+, at all. and have to bump them. I had a, a B plus from the beginning. Um, like you said, I think Cam Akers. Um, I see a lot of similarities to Dalvin Cook. I, I did tell you guys multiple times I think he's a poor man, Dalvin Cook. And I think Cam Akers coming out of Florida State like Dalvin Cook did, I think he will be a, a star in the NFL. And I think he's going to a place that is in desperate need of running back help. They thought they had their guy in Todd Gurley, but then after getting injured too much and just, you know, basically losing them a Super Bowl, um, I think they are they're in dire need of this. And I think they got their, their dude in Cam Akers, and I think he will play – he got drafted in the second round, but I think he'll play as a round one talent um, for the LA Rams. I also think Van Jefferson, he's a speedster on the outside, will be a great uh, addition to that receiving court, um, especially now that Braylon Cooks is gone. Um, I think you replace Braylon Cooks with a, a younger, younger himself in Van Jefferson. Um, and then obviously we talked about we talked about Terrell Lewis. I think he is. Uh, a great talent as well if he can stay healthy and you, you talked about Bryson Hopkins and I think Jordan Fuller the safety out of Ohio State can also um, make an impact on this team I think he's definitely a, a depth guy but he will definitely push the starting safeties um, in a uh, a secondary that is pretty pretty good with now Jalen Ramsey there so I think that this is a this was a great solid draft for the LA Rams and I think the, the B plus will help them compete in the NFC West. All right. Well, I'm going to stay in the same letter range. I'm just going to give him a straight up B. We've all talked about Cam Akers and what it means to the Rams. The Rams are a team that in McVay's system rely on a running back who can carry the ball 20 to 30 times a game. Cam Akers can do that. I think Terrell Lewis is a great pickup and upgrade over Clay Matthews is who he'll end up replacing. I'm pretty sure. We talked about Bryson Hopkins. Jordan Fuller was another guy I was going to talk about who's a good pick. Van Jefferson, I just feel like is a little bit of a reach at 57 for me personally. I feel like they could have potentially gone offensive line. They didn't draft a – the only offensive lineman they drafted was 
with the 250th pick. And I feel like that's a need to be addressed, especially with Whitworth getting old. Uh, I just think that they kind of need to reshuffle that offensive line. But other than that, this is a solid draft. I don't know if they're ready to compete for the NFC West necessarily, but it's an okay draft and it does help build for the future. So, B. All right. Yeah, I mean, okay, the Rams haven't been the best at drafting the last couple of years, uh, probably because they keep trading their first round pick. But I'm I'm pretty confident that you know they got they got a pretty good all around draft. I think y'all agree as well. Yeah, and if their first round pick is Jalen Ramsey, then you know that's a part of the B as well that I considered. So, right, yeah, and you can live with that. And I kind of agree with you with Van Jefferson as well. I think with him, he's just very uh, he, he's very raw, but he's extremely talented. It just needs to be more, I guess, refined. And I think in this Ram system, that's something that they have done with the likes of Cooper Cup. And, yeah, I think this is a great situation for him. So we'll see how he pans out. We'll see how Jared Goff either helps or destroys Van Jefferson. It's true. Either way, they're stuck with Jared Goff. Isn't, like, the worst option out there. You could have Mitchell Trubisky. So, with it. Yeah, you also could have literally almost anyone else other than those two. But anyways. True. All right, so moving forward. The last team that we're going to talk about um off season wise probably for a while unless you know a big splash happens anytime soon but we have the arizona cardinals my boy kyler murray's team and i'm just gonna say straight up i gave them a solid b plus look they didn't have the most draft picks but i think they really made the most of it i love isaiah simmons pick especially because they got josh jones the offensive tackle out of houston in the next round uh first off let me start with simmons you know he's extremely versatile you know, he already got a pretty all right defense with the likes of chandler jones patrick pete uh buddha baker even as well and then you add another guy a stud in isaiah simmons who continues to you know upgrade this cardinals defense and make them a little bit better outside of those two uh josh jones as well i mean we know what josh jones is he's a he's a solid offensive tackle he's probably a day one starter for the cardinals because they haven't picked up <laughs> any other linemen and i think that's a great pickup for kyler murray and the arizona cardinals and then these next two defensive tackles they took lecky Fotu and then rashard lawrence those are two guys who are i mean well they play defensive tackle so they'll forever be underrated but they're quality picks those are guys either one of them could probably start day one uh not a lot of people were looking at them just because you know they were defensive tackles who weren't extremely like awesome these guys are extremely awesome they're talented they do their job you know and they come from really good programs Rashad Lawrence comes from LSU I'm pretty sure Lucky Fotu comes from Utah if I'm not yep. mistaken yeah. yeah and look both programs had really good defenses and these guys were both anchors to those programs and I think oh shoot cliff kingsbury yeah cliff kingsbury is looking forward to having these guys anchor that cardinals defensive line for them so those are great uh i probably could have went without evan weaver and then the last guy i want to talk about yet another guy that 
I didn't know I knew, but I definitely have some connection to him. It's Eno Benjamin, the running back out of ASU, Arizona State, by the way. And in my opinion, he should have stayed another year. He probably would have been a top guy next year. But instead, he went, a, you know, he went a year early. And this is somebody, I mean, this is just backstory. But he went to Wiley East High School back in Texas. And I happen to have really good family friends went to Wiley East High School. And I didn't know this before, but he's definitely attended, attended, went to, you know, some of the training sessions that Kyler Murray would hold for a lot of the North Texas boys. And I have seen this guy play in person. I have seen his highlights and I know that this is a really, honestly, a really good prospect. They get a steal here. He's a speedster. He's really an all around back. Some, uh, you know, insurance for Kenyon Drake. And I think that's a great thing to have. And hey, he's a hard worker. You know, everything I've heard from him, from my family, friends, from my connections, even from his coach have been good. Oh, you know, uh, like I said, this is a little bit more backstory. Wiley East used to be a pretty trash program, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And they got a really good head coach over there and a really good program. And Eno Benjamin, part of the reason why they've rose, some would say meteorically, and the Texas high school football ranks and is where they are today. And he's somebody who's extremely talented, kind of already has that connection with Kyler Murray. And I love him as a backup for the Arizona Cardinals, an absolute steal to get in the seventh round. Yeah, B+. I'm going to give the Cardinals a big old A for Arizona. I love every single pick here. Josh Jones was a third-round pick because their second-round pick was DeAndre Hopkins. Absolute steal for a second-round pick. They also got rid of David Johnson and his contract. And I think that the Cardinals, honestly, are one of the biggest winners from the offseason in general. Isaiah Simmons, he should have, I think, in any other draft – I think Jesse and I talked about this. He could have potentially been a number one overall pick. He's that good. He can play anywhere on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that he's a guy that the rest of the defense is going to rally around. They get two great defensive tackles that, you know, depending on their hybrid scheme, uh, they could be both on the field at the same time or one of them at a time and keep the other one fresh. I think Evan Weaver is going to get some quality snaps. I think that he's going to contribute a lot to this Arizona defense just on his ability to fly around to the ball. And Eno Benjamin, Simon talked about it a little bit, but I think that he's also a guy who can contribute on special teams. And, you know, it's definitely an under-talked about part of the game. But if you can get a guy who can get you a punt return touchdown once a year, twice a year, then, you know, those are points on the board. And Josh Jones, first-round talent that fell all the way to the third round. I wanted the Broncos to pick him multiple times. Uh, another guy that I wanted to get. And, you know... Sometimes dreams just don't come true, but for the Arizona Cardinals, it absolutely did, and that's why they get an A. All right. Turned out I am going to one-up you, Cody, and go A+. I think this is an A-plus draft. You are. <laughs> this, is an, this is exactly what I would do if I was a, a GM, especially if Isaiah Simmons held me at pick eight. I would be, I would be ecstatic, and obviously that's an easy pick because you get the best player, I think, um, outside of Chase Young and, well, Joe Burrow. I still think he's a better talent than Joe Burrow, but, um, you know, he's not a quarterback. So um, I think I think Isaiah Simmons at eight is, is huge. And then, obviously, Cody said Josh Jones, getting him in the third round. We had him mocked. I had him mocked in the first first pick of the second round. So I think 
second first round talent getting Josh Jones in the third round was huge Simon Tucker with the two D tackles I think they're going to be great to anchor um, anchor that defensive line for the Arizona Cardinals and then I know Simon said he doesn't care for uh, Evan Weaver and I know that Cody did say that he he thinks Evan Weaver is going to be a, a good talent. I would agree with Cody. I think Evan Weaver is an under-the-radar kind of guy that um, played at a team like uh, Simon has been kept saying, a trash programming cow. Um, and I think he is your prototypical middle linebacker. He gets a lot of tackles. He just has a nose for the ball. He fills holes, um, fills holes great. And I think that having him paired with Isaiah Simmons. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons can play a little more of that hybrid all over the field. I think you could stick a guy like Evan Weaver into that middle linebacker spot, and I think he, he, you know, takes over that, um, just the play calling there, and he also earns the respect of a lot of those defensive players. And then finally, you know, ben, you know Benjamin, um, like um, everyone else has talked about, uh, I think he's a great compliment to Kenyon Drake. I think um, he can definitely, you know, produce out of the backfield in the receiving game as well. And um, I think a, I think Kyler Murray needs a guy like that. I think even though Kenyon Drake does catch the ball out of the backfield, he's more becomes more of that bruiser back um, that starts and gets the first and second down carries. But I think you know Benjamin could be your third down guy that sneaks out of the backfield and is a nightmare for linebackers to cover so I think that that this draft was um, absolutely great for Arizona and I give them an A plus and I think with this draft and what they've done this offseason obviously the offseason goes into my my uh, ranking as well but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this draft along with the offseason makes them my favorite to win the NFC West I know obviously the 49ers are still there and haven't really um lost any people and they're pretty much the same team but I'm gonna say it I think I think that for me this Arizona team even with second year Kyler Murray is my favorite to win the AFC West or sorry NFC West Jesse I am going to uh I'm gonna agree with you that's an A plus draft is just gonna ask this question is Cliff Kingsbury drafting for the Cardinals or is it still uh their GM I think it's the GM but I mean the GM consults the coach too, so yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, I'll just I'll give the Cardinals some credit. These last two years, they've kind of killed the draft. You know, obviously last year they got their first round guy, their quarterback Kyler Murray, but after that, they still got Byron Murphy on the squad, who they got in the second round, who's looking to still develop. You still got guys like Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler, who have both shown flashes. And yeah, I mean, look, and then they build on top of that this year. I think I kind of well, I agree with Jesse because I'm pretty sure I said it in our uh, overview overview or no, no 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 sorry our 2019 review uh, uh year in review sorry I'm just butchering everything in our 2019 year in review I'm pretty sure I picked the Cardinals to win the NFC West or at least make the playoffs and this draft class definitely gives me a little bit more faith in them a lot more faith in them to be honest Plus DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, the Cardinals have kind of been out of their mind this offseason, and it continued in the draft. So hopefully that translates to the field. I'm going to be oh. honest. I wouldn't be surprised if the two top, I'm going to say 
predicting it now. The Cycle 365, Jesse Boone predicts the two MVP race next year. Obviously, Lamar Jackson. I think Kyler Murray could be in that conversation. Yep. All right. I agree. I'm really right. happy the Steelers beat him. They could. <laughs> While they could. While they could. Yeah, I know he's going to beat my last favorite team because <laughs> he's beat all my other favorite teams. No, it is what it is. I'll, I'll take the dub right now. I don't know if we did this yet, but have we broke the news? Jesse, have you broke the news to our listeners at the cycle, your new position? I don't remember. I don't think so. Go for it. Um, okay, well, I've... This offseason, well, offseason, I'm still in the. So I'm graduating this year, obviously, in the class of 2020, like we opened this podcast with. Congratulations to them. But I have accepted the job to coach football at uh, Trinity International University in Chicago. So I'm officially a college football coach. So that is exciting. Heck yes. Congrats to Jesse. But that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I will be off the cycle. Obviously, I'll still be here for all the, the content. I'll even have the inside. I can share some stories about, about our team. <laughs> hey, that'd be dope. Also, shout out to Jesse for finally getting a Twitter account. I don't know what made him do it. If that was Trinity International, then thank you. But yeah, I appreciated the extra follow. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to get one if I'm going to be a football coach because that's that's how what all the kids are on these days. That's the only way to find out information. <laughs> that's where you find the sleepers it's the goat and that's one place where the cycle 365 posts so ah ah there you go alright is that it for this episode do we have anything else we wanted to add I think that wraps it up I think that wraps it up alright dope um, look (laughs) see congrats again uh, unfortunately, I don't have any good news <laughs> to say <laughs> yet. Uh, me, I will say either. I do. My, my internship is up in the air right now, so uh, I'm feeling the uncertainty right now. See, there's a lot of things that are pretty uncertain as well because I'm not. I, okay, I, I'm just going to stop it there. I don't want to say anything that could potentially hurt my job chances. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it is a. It is what it is. Yeah, but when we got our life updates, we'll bring it to y'all. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. Cody Stoffer. And I'm Jesse Booten. And be on the lookout for a graphic that we'll probably post of all our draft grades for the AFC and the NFC. Make sure to follow us on uh, follow us on Twitter. Show us some love on social media. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. See ya!